Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD, done the research but haven't found what works. With us in our virtual studio is uh, ADHD coach, thought leader, uh, Linda Rogley. Uh, We're going to get to the content in a moment. Before we do, we'd like to thank children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder for bringing this program to you. In celebration of that event, we're anxious to give away free digital copies of Attention Magazine. To get yours, just listen to our show. We'll be sharing a secret word a couple times. Write it down. Listen to another show um, and write down the secret word of that show and then just email me the the two words. That's all you need to do. Email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. When we get it, we'll forward it to Chad. We'll get you a PDF copy of the current edition of Attention Magazine and they'll send you a PDF copy of the next edition when it's in print. We have a little tip that we're going to share with you that Chad made and we'll get into the show. When you have ADHD, putting in an eight-hour workday while maintaining maximum concentration can be a challenge. Here are some strategies to help. Make your physical environment less distracting. Use your laptop, smartphone, or alarm to track appointments and deadlines. Break up long tasks into shorter ones. Take breaks and walk around. Before you leave work, take five minutes to organize your work area for the next day. To learn more about workplace issues, visit chad.org. Thank you so much, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to either donate or become members to support Chad. Financial stability is really important for them to have the resources to have people lobbying Uh, on Capitol Hill for the ADHD community and working with different regulatory agencies on wording to make sure that uh, those with ADHD get the accommodations that they need in order to thrive. Again, for more information, to donate or to uh, become a member, go to chadd.org. Jan, can you introduce our guests? Jeff, Linda Rogley is our guest today. Linda is a professional certified coach with the designation PCC. She's an award-winning author and founder of the AD Diva Network for ADHD Women 40 and Better. She's an internationally recognized expert in midlife and senior ADHD. She co-founded the annual ADHD Women's, ADHD Parents, and ADHD Couples Paloozas, which attract more than 20,000 viewers worldwide. She also created the popular ADHD Get Organized program that features live organizing sessions and she hosts annual luxury beach retreats for ADHD women. Linda's book, Confessions of an AD Diva, Midlife in the Nonlinear Lane, won first prize for women's issues in the prestigious Next Generation Indie Book Awards competition. She shares the webinar committee for ADDA and lives in Durham, North Carolina with her slightly OCD husband, (laughs) one OCD cat, four adorable ADHD Shelties, and 12 highly productive hens. Find more information about Linda at addiva.net and adhdpalooza.com. And Jeff, we're glad to have Linda with us today. Linda, welcome to the show. 
Linda, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you so much for having me today. I always love having you on, and I love this topic. You've done the research, but you haven't found what works. You know, I've, I've, one of the things that I've, I've, I've learned over the years is, is um, you know, I like to talk about ADHD as like a dopamine addiction. If you get the dopamine, you pay attention to it, which everybody, dopamine is the reward and the transmitter. If you don't, you don't. And dopamine is really important in our world. It's the reason we forage for food. Uh, it's the reason we procreate. But I talk about adults, sometimes they get on the Internet and they're on all night. They're foraging for information. It's kind of pleasurable. And Absolutely. they do lots of research on ADD. They read and read and read and read and read, but they're really, really kind of struggling. So I, th- I thought this was a great topic to kind of delve into to kind of help people again to understand why you're doing so much of that stuff and you're struggling. So let's, from your perspective, because it was your idea for this kind of show, what's your side of it and what do you see? And we'll kind of get into things. Okay. Well, um, we talked about, you, you said, what do you want to talk about? And I said, well, I talk to a lot of people who have spent so many hours on, online researching or reading books or talking to people. They're just, it, it's like, again, throwing the spaghetti against the wall and hoping something sticks, and they keep mm-hmm. throwing it and throwing it. and throw, Oh, here's a new piece of spaghetti. Let's try that piece of spaghetti, <laughs> right? So we love to research. We love new things, and learning is all about new things, right? That's why we spend so much time researching what coffee maker to buy. We may spend more time researching it than we do drinking the coffee that it makes. So Uh it just goes and goes and goes and goes and goes. But what you're going to find out, and, and probably you have if you're one of those researchers about ADHD or anything else, is that there's a lot of disagreement about ADHD out there. Some mm-hmm. sites are, are deniers. They say ADHD isn't real, and, of course, you just kind of say, nope, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Some people say, oh, you just need to try harder. Yeah, I don't want to talk about those people. And Or maybe you try harder for a week. Maybe you think, okay, maybe mm-hmm. that's the issue. Or maybe uh, if you have a kiddo with ADHD, it's like, oh, you have to discipline your child differently or better mm-hmm. or harsher or whatever. And some of those things may be true. You might need to discipline differently. You maybe need to approach your ADHD child differently just as you approach yourself differently with ADHD. I prefer a mm-hmm. coach approach rather than a, a you know, smack your fingers approach. But some sites are just repeaters, and you may have noticed this. You will see the same exact words, the same copy on one website to another because they just copied somebody else's. So mm-hmm. that's kind of a waste of time, but you don't know it until you go to those websites. Mm-hmm. Um, but So when you find a site that you really, that you really resonate with, then that's a great place to stop and see and, and use, some, um, use some judgment about what you see there. And this is true of anything that you find on the Internet, not just about ADHD, but in particular ADHD. Um, being able to say, where does this information come from? What kind of training does this person have? What kind of background? How long have they been in this business? We've talked about this before, about how important experience is. But the problem with the Internet is that it offers an almost, not quite, but almost seemingly infinite set of possibilities, right? Mm-hmm. You, can find, you can find another supplement. You can find another course. You can find another yep. strategy. And a lot of times we collectively and individually as ADHD folks will try one of those, and then they give up. Oh, well, that one didn't work either. I'll try another one. Let's try this mm-hmm. one. But we, but, but we have ADHD. Number one, we may not apply it consistently, yuck, yuck, yuck. Um, We may not apply it for a long enough time for it to even work, or we may read it in, I mean, for me, I read it in a book, I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And then when I try to implement it, my results aren't the same as what happened in the book. So I Mm -hmm. really need some help with that. 
So I will tell you that I did, I, I did a research project, and it was anecdotal. It wasn't double-blind and all that kind of stuff and not published. But I asked women a total of 125 questions, and among them was, what kind of treatments have you tried? What kind of things have you done to work with your ADHD? And mm-hmm. many of them had done coaching and therapy and medication and cognitive behavioral therapy and other strategies and time management and timers and all that stuff. And 60% of them or more, actually said that they still didn't feel like their ADHD was being well-treated. And that breaks my heart. Mm. Even though we're trying a lot of things, there's still the spaghetti still isn't sticking to the wall. <laughs> and part of that's because of our executive function. We don't stick with things long enough. Part of it's we, need, we may need some help, like help mm-hmm. from a coach. Like if I read if I read that book and I say I, I can't implement it, then maybe I need some help from somebody who knows more about it than yep. I can, that I actually can learn about it. Am I, does that make sense? Am I going yes, the right way here? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So which which is one of those, one of my big things that I say is you know the shovel doesn't do the work. Like yeah, you can read a book, absolutely. but the book doesn't do the work, and yeah. it, people get caught in that that. The trap, oh, if I just learn more, if I just learn more, if I just learn more, it's yeah. an intellectual endeavor. But at some point in time, you actually have to kind of move towards implementation of it, which is really sometimes the trick. I mean, I have a lot of people who they come to me and they talk about, I need, I need a plan, I need a plan, I need a plan. And one mm-hmm. of the things I've learned, oh, it's not the plan, it's the execution. It's the self-regulation to adhere to the plan that people don't, they act like it's kind of not there. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I'll tell you what I what I call that is um, the difference between ears up and ears down. So ears up is our it, not literally. This is figurative, of course. But ears up, it's our brain. It's our screaming, mimi brain. It's trying to do all these things and blah 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 blah. And I'm reading, and I'm. It's the intellectual part of us. Then mm-hmm. there's ears down, and that there's mm-hmm. so much more of ears down. That's that soft animal of our body, which mm-hmm. is the experiential piece of that. So mm-hmm. our intellect, we may know all the things to do, but unless we can do them and we and we have that experience of doing them, it just doesn't stick. So it's mm-hmm. like putting something on. It's like the frosting on top of the cake when you actually need to be in the core of what mm-hmm. you're doing here. So and it's and it, I will tell you, I've lived in the frosting a lot of times in my life, <laughs> and to get underneath it to to the real substance, which I don't know if cake can be called substance, but you know figuratively what yep. I'm saying. Um, to be able to get there, it it's very difficult because the frosting piece kind of goes hand in hand with imposter syndrome and trying to fake it and all that kind of stuff. And those pieces push us away from really experiencing and really implementing those things, which mm-hmm. is what you were talking about. At least that's mm-hmm. my opinion. So it's interesting because I, as we're talking, I've got a lot on this. So I kind of break it down into kind of different pieces and different buckets um, of terms why you've done so much research and why maybe you're not actually getting there. And one of my um, one of the things that I talk about a lot is self observation and understanding what I call situational differences. And a lot of times. Remember, everybody, the books and the tips, you're only going to read those if it appeals to your emotions. So from a marketing perspective, if you're going to read the book or do the thing, it has to be presented to you in a way, and it's all done in a simplified way. If we said it was complicated, you don't buy it. So you know, marketing is really about pain and pleasure. So you have to understand is that it's being marketed in a way that's simple that brings you there. But 
a lot of times there's a lot of situational differences. So I'll give you an example. The Pomodoro technique is one where you set a timer and you work for a period of time and then you take a break. And if this is a generalization, in an environment where you're doing more remedial tasks that are not a lot of executive functioning, it works pretty good. However, you know, Linda, one of the things that I've learned a lot on is when it comes to working memory is if you've got to do something that requires a lot of executive function and maybe trial and error thinking or creativity, it takes a lot of effort, what I call boot up your mind, to get all the thoughts and loaded into your, in your mind. People with ADHD, they'll talk about them having a hard time getting in the flow. Once I get in the flow, I'm good. This is the space that I'm talking about. And if you are in that and you're doing a lot of that type of work and you take a break, it's kind of like your computer gets unplugged and you've got to boot it. In that situation, the Pomodoro technique would actually be a disruption to what you're doing because the situationally the thinking process is two completely different things, which is one of the difficulties is that we go out there a lot of times and you hear this one size fits all. Well, no, it works for this situation, but it doesn't work necessarily in that situation. And a lot of that is we're looking at that stuff, but we're not observing ourselves and understanding differences. Does that make sense mm-hmm. to you? Absolutely. And I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. I'm, I'm going to back up to something you said about marketing. Um, it, it really triggered for me a book that I am still reading. Of course, I tend to read four or five books at a time, right, and, and <laughs> yep. don't finish them. No, 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 I didn't <laughs> say that. Um, it's a book called Stolen Focus, and the subtitle is Why You Can't Pay Attention and How to Think Deeply Again. And he goes into, there's a lot of different sections of it, but in one section he goes very deeply into how Internet marketing in particular is very, very, um, number one, addictive. And um, it's one of the reasons I was kind of fascinated by this. There's one, it would be very easy, apparently, for Facebook to say, um, oh, well, one of your friends is, is at the coffee shop next door. You might want to go see them. They don't want you to be off of that app. Mm-hmm. So they, they are, and it's not just ADHD folks, but it explains one reason why we are, quote, addicted to it. Yes. And yet, it, I, I want to go forward with what you talked about, the situational piece here, is I agree with you completely. Pomodoro and timers have never worked for me. They don't work because of exactly what you said. The interruption of my train of thought is more distracting than taking a break. I don't need yes. a break. I need to... Frankly, it's, you talk about it in the, it being in the flow, and that's a lot of what we talk about in positive psychology as well. But really, it's about hyper-focus. Yep. And we do really well with hyper-focus. It's not something that we need to banish from our lives. We need to embrace it. Mm-hmm. Even if we pretended to banish it, we would secretly yep. use it anyway because it's just <laughs> part, and, part and parcel of who we are. So yep. I absolutely agree with you that, that some things work one way and, and with executive function. Yep. I love the analogy about booting up your brain that's getting all of those pieces together so that they're all focusing in the right direction or moving in the right direction or in the same direction i guess is what i'm saying um is exactly what i've experienced and the same with what i've observed with my clients i I tell you what i got to go to a break right now so we can kind of get that out of the way but i got a lot more to come i love this conversation because there's uh there's some things that i learned from dr barkley that i think i can bring in here with some real tangible examples um for our listeners, our secret word tonight is found. Again, our secret word is found. And Linda Ragley, I adore thought leader, been around for a long time. She's really good at taking complex ideas and making simple. Um, done a lot of interviews in the past, particularly on Attention Talk video with regard to that. So go to her website, net, and we'll be right back after these messages. 
Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change your lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by gigcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back here. We're with Linda Rogley. God, I love Linda. She's brilliant. One of the thought leaders in coaching, been around for a long time. We're having a conversation about you're doing the research, but you haven't found what works. And we're talking about what the nature of what's kind of going on, and we're getting into more minute details that kind of help. When you go out in the world, there's a lot of generalization that takes place, and I, I think you've got to be careful with regard to that because you get lost. Again, before the break, I was kind of sharing the Pomodoro technique as an, as an example of it. Um, another example I'd like to share is um, I do a lot of talking um, in presentations about working memory and the challenges of working memory in the context of Dr. Barclay's model. And um, I've learned that thinking inside your head with ADHD is difficult. It's, there's a lot, there's, we have research right now that's, that, that's kind of supporting that. And I talk to a lot of people about um, procrastination, and I've, I've, in observations in my work, I've found that 80% of procrastination is rooted in some form of ambiguity, which is literally you don't know what to do, or your working memory can't kind of hold it all. And so mm-hmm. another situational thing to do is, is people say, Jeff, you say that most procrastination is rooted in ambiguity, and I say, absolutely. And they say, but Jeff, on the Internet, they say chunk it down. Isn't that a way to – remove the ambiguity? I go, absolutely. But Jeff, why does it work? I go, well, because situationally, most people, when they go back to chunk it down, they're trying to do it inside their head. Your working memory is impaired. That's the problem. You've got to do it with somebody else. I'm like, what? I'm like, this is a situational type thing. And I say that because I don't know about you, Linda, but before the pandemic, if you call me up and you wanted coaching, I could probably find a way to get you in. When the pandemic hit, everybody was sent home to think inside their heads, my phone lit up like a Christmas tree. And everybody's <laughs> saying, I'm lacking motivation or productivity. No, you've got a thinking problem, which is a lot of people aren't necessarily owning that. I've worked with a lot of people before. Like if you're collaborating with people, you're focused, you get problems solved all the time, yet they go back to their office and think they've got to do it inside their head. This is the difference from what I've learned uh, from a lot of interviews. Like Dr. Burke said, you know, Jeff, you and I spend a lot of time not just talking about ADHD, but getting people to own it. And, and I'm bringing that up because owning the fact that you might need to collaborate with other people is a way to move forward. Too often people are like, I want a tip trick or strategy to do it on my own as opposed to realizing you've actually got to go interact with people. So, thoughts on that? Does that Anything to add? Or you... Oh, well, you're really talking about outside, not just a, accountability to me is still a four-letter word, but you're really mm-hmm. talking about the equivalent of outside accountability of having someone not just saying, did you do it, 
but here's let let's figure out how, you, how the best way for you to do it. And I love the fact that you said that we are talking about owning your ADHD. I I talk about this all the time is that we need to know how our ADHD functions and then mm-hmm. we can apply strategies. It's not again back to one size fits all again. Um it doesn't work for us because we are absolutely unique. It's that old yep. if you've met one person with ADHD, you met one person one person with ADHD. So knowing that you may need help and and that that there's nothing shameful about that. Yes. Because I think that's one place that people will will allow themselves to shame themselves or be shamed by someone. What do you need? You don't need I, yep. I can do this by myself. Why can't you kind of thing? We're not about <laughs> comparing ourselves to someone else. We're about living our own lives in our yes. own skin and in our own brain. So owning our ADHD is that same thing I talk about going down the yellow brick road together with our mm-hmm. ADHD instead of pushing it away and saying, I don't want you, I want to be normal, I want, to break, I want a different brain. It isn't going to happen. Wishing it's not going to yep. make it so. And so the, I, was, I, I tried a year ago. Um, I, sometimes I sub for you and add a uh, webinars that they do. And, and one day I mm-hmm. thought I was supposed to sub for you and, and your assistant said, no, Jeff, you're actually supposed to present. And I threw this thing together. Um, on emotions and self-awareness and in that presentation I was kind of talking about you know ADHD is this interesting thing the difference between owning it and knowing something about it is the realization that having ADHD is like living in a paradox and a paradox is a contradictory statement and so I've coached a lot of people before tangibly like okay if, if, a, if a task has got the char- – if it's a repetitive, boring, and routine task, those are characteristics of something that a person with ADHD might struggle with. And I'll never forget, I was coaching this individual one day. I'd been coaching for a while. He came in and said, you know, I've decided I'm going to do this. And I said, let, let me ask you a question. This task that you're going to do every business day, it's a repetitive, boring task. He said, yes. I said, you're going to do this every day, right? He said, yes. I said, tell me anything you've done in your entire life that was repetitive and boring that you've done every day for more than 30 days. And he goes, I, I don't know, I can't think of any. I said, well, why do you think that's going to work now? So sometimes having ADHD is saying I should do that, but I'm not going to. Because mm-hmm. when you say I should do that, but you actually never do that, that's actually a paradox. Yeah. That's not owning it. And I, and I give this example because writing is excruciatingly difficult for me. And when I got into this business in 2007, 2008, everybody's like, you've got to write, you write a book or blog. And I'm like, oh, you can't do that. Maybe I should do that, but I'm not going to, which was the birth of Attention Talk Radio. Because in the moment that you say I should do that, or, but, but I'm not going to, now you're open up to a different possibility. But up until that point in time, you're trapped. And I like to use that as a demarcation between the people who know a lot about ADHD but they don't own it because still they keep focusing on what they should do, even though they've never done it. And it's in that moment that they let that go, and they go to the other side. It's there. And you, you and I have done some interviews, and you do a lot of talking about the imposter syndrome. And the moment when you kind of like, wait a second, it takes so much energy for me to be somebody else. If I just own myself and be somebody that I am, it's so much less effort. And there's a lot of people I've talked to the moment that they've owned themselves Oh my God! It's so much more comforting because of all that pressure. Thoughts on all that? 
Oh, Jeff, I couldn't I couldn't have said it better, and I'm so glad that you have said it. Because, that, because it actually it was kind of a eureka moment for me. That's one reason I I actually have always hated all of these tips and tricks kind of things. Um, and I think that you've just hit on the reason why because I they won't work for me. And again, because I said because I did I, it wasn't that I I'm not going to do them for me. It was just that I'm going to kick them to the curb. <laughs> I'm not even going to engage in them, right? Uh-huh. And I didn't. And I felt a little bad about that. And now I won't have to because what that says to me and from what you just said is that I don't have to feel bad that I didn't do all those tips and tricks because there's so many, there's like, you know, oceans of them out there. You know, this works, that works. And none of those things, I must have tried some somewhere in my life because none of them have seemed to work. What I tell people is that um, when they come to me and they say, like, I want strategies, I need a morning routine, I need this, I need that. And very much often, if you go to a, a regular therapist or, or a, a, what we call a plain vanilla coach who's not an ADHD mm-hmm. coach, um, they will say, okay, well, here, let's set this schedule up, blah, 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 blah. They will never say what Jeff just said to his client, which is, will you, will you really do that? Yes. They will actually expect you to do it. And so that's why we get so frustrated with people who don't really know about ADHD. So for me, if all those tips and tricks out there are not working, I tell my clients when they come to me, well, I need all this. I said, but you already have strategies. Yes. You haven't gotten this far in your life without creating your own strategies. And that's another part of owning your ADHD. Yes. Saying that's what works for me. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so excited because I want to talk about that. Let's go to break and come back to self-observation and instincts. Oh, my God. You teed that up so well. Everybody, the secret word is found. And you've got to check out Linda's website, addiva.net. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about self-observation. We're going to talk about self-instincts and really kind of own yourself. It's so exciting. So anyway, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Linda Ragley. We're talking about, you know a lot about ADHD, but nothing's working. We're trying to kind of help illuminate this space. Maybe you're not owning your ADHD and saying, I should do that, but I'm not going to, to open yourself to other possibilities. Maybe you have a tip or trick that you're applying to the wrong situation, and you don't know that situational variability. There's a lot in here, but... 
before the break, we started talking about some things. And to me, Linda, it really comes down a lot to self-awareness. And there's a few things I've had clients come to me before where I actually forbid them from reading or seeing anything else on ADHD because they're so busy looking at everybody else, they're not, they're not observing themselves. And all, I, read, I read this quote one time. It was brilliant. All the answers to everything are hidden in plain sight. They hide behind assumptions, expectations, and misconceptions. And it's, it's, it. when you think about that, you can talk about science. There's so much. It's so true. It's hidden. So if you, if you let – you've got to get the education to understand that. But it comes back to self-observation, and I've learned over the years is that instinctively you will go – in a direction that's productive for you in one way or another. Like one of the things I don't like was people say, I'm not doing that because of fear. Fear is an emotional reaction. It doesn't help your problem solve. But you go that way because you don't actually have to solve the problem because thinking is difficult. That's a, that's a whole other conversation. But I think a lot of times people will come to me and they say, I'm disorganized. And I have yet. I can always prove that you have an organizational system. It might not look what you think it is, and it might not be the most efficient, but you've always got that. And my point really here is so many people are looking for somebody else to fix the problem. They're not actually getting in the game and owning it. They're not actually saying, wait a second, I've, I've got to do this. They just, they're looking for the quick fix, and it's never really landing. Thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah, well, I, that's one reason I hate tips and tricks. Because yeah. as as Sari Sullivan so brilliantly pointed out in her latest book, um, you need the underneath piece first before you put tips and tricks on, and the underneath piece is understanding who you are, and part of that is owning your ADHD brain. I was just thinking as you during the break, um, you mentioned self instinct and self observation. I think that a lot of ADHD folks don't realize that they're observing. They don't realize that they've set up strategies. They don't realize they've set up an organization system that works. When I went to have when my I had my first diagnosis, the psychiatrist said to me after the second or session or something, he said, Well, you may have you know, you may have strategies but you know, that not they don't necessarily they're not necessarily good strategies and I thought, Well, they're all good for me. They work for me Yes. And how do how do I undo those things that are already working for me? I may go all the way around like a pretzel to get to the end, and there may be a, I'm sure that there's a much more direct route that's called linear thinking, but I'm still getting there. So it's kind of like trying to poke your your feet into shoes that are too tight. Somehow, somehow you know that that that's not going to fit you. That's not going to work. Or yep. somebody says, "Hey, how about buying these purple pants?" And you like you go, "I don't want purple pants." And you may not know I don't like purple, but you have that instinct already. Yep. So I will tell you, this is interesting because I. When I first started coaching, I was looking for strategies. What What are my strategies? What What do I do? I must do something. And there's so much a part of who I am that I couldn't even see them. So yes. when you see say, self, self-observation, sometimes we need to pull away from ourselves a little bit to see, oh, yeah, I am doing that. I do always put this in the same place all the time. I do have a place for all my keys, and I just did that because this is what I need so that I can find them again. I don't think of it as a strategy, but it works for me. I guarantee you that all the people who are listening out there have equal equal number of strategies and things that work, but you're simply unaware of them. They're subconscious because you've already integrated them so yep. fully into yourself. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, yeah it, it does. And there's a, there's a quote that I heard years ago that I just, they're so integrated in your world that the quote goes, I don't know who discovered water, but I'm sure it wasn't a fish. 
<laughs> and, 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 and I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna illustrate this as I as I said I'm a huge fan of Dr. Russell Barkley's model of executive mm-hmm. functioning because it explains itself. It's like um, uh, Newton's laws of motion, Darwin's theories of evolution, Maxwell's equation explains everything. And one of the things that that is clear from his model is thinking inside your head is difficult for people with ADHD. Part of working memory is visual imagery and also talking to yourself. Because it's impaired, many people with ADHD, they talk a lot. It looks like they're talking to somebody, but often they're thinking out loud. Why do they talk so much? Because they're rewarded with higher levels of performance when they talk out loud. Now, it doesn't look like what we think it is, right? Because it's not – they must be talking out loud, but – Having a discerning eye and help them realize is that you're kind of organizing your thoughts, you're bouncing your logic off of somebody, and understanding that, and then they say, "Hey, can I talk out loud?" It's just, it's just, is that a tip trick or strategy? No, it's just self awareness and asking permission for what you want to do. This goes back to people they they do it all the time. It's so natural they don't even necessarily notice it, and the public doesn't do it. But I go back to when I'm coaching people now. Anything you do, I look at it not as it's a bad thing. All right. There's a legitimate reason why you're doing it. What is it? Because literally, if you say legitimately, why are you doing that? There's a cognitive reason that you're doing it. And if you just say, wow, what's, why am I doing that? How is that helping me? It's amazing what you can see. A lot of people leave things out with ADHD because they, when you have to recall something, there's free recall, there's cued recall, and there's recognition. Cued recall is like a reminder. It cues, like C-U-E, and you have something out, you remember to go. So a lot of people leave things out all the time. It's a reminder system. Well, to put it all away is not going to work. The idea is like it's a reminder system. Well, how can I make it look like it's there? It just changes the game, and I go back to – as you described, it's so in our world, it's hard to see unless you get a kind of professional. But these are just examples of instant, instinctively we go to things that are productive. They just don't look like, and they're harder to recognize. So I, get off my yeah. soapbox. Makes, I mean, it, anyway, this is self-observation. This is what it does. And, again, I go back to so many people are looking for somebody else to walk in and fix them. There takes, you've got to have to participate in this a little bit in order to find what works. Make sense? Yeah, well. Yeah, well, and I just want to say that in addition to that, it does help to have somebody help you observe because sometimes yes. it's nice to have somebody holding that mirror up so that you can see what's going on. That's what I always think about good therapy and good coaching is it's a, an a unblemished mirror because we often see ourselves through warped mirrors. But the other piece of that is is that people don't come to coaching or therapy or they don't go get medication or do any of the things for ADHD unless something isn't working for them. If, if mm-hmm. their life was great, they wouldn't be coming. They wouldn't be saying, oh, you know, like a lot of times it's like I'm going to lose my job or my, my spouse is about ready to divorce me or whatever it is. Um, and at that point, the, the strategies and the, and the things that we work on are partly self, self-observation, but then partly because my, therap- my, my psychiatrist was right. Some of the things that I was doing weren't really working as well as they could. So... They were, I was stumbling on some things, and just as my clients stumble, in that respect, setting up something new may require the help of someone outside. And that's not mm-hmm. about accountability. That's about holding that mirror up and trying things, you know, throwing some more spaghetti against the wall. And when you are, maybe it's a different color of spaghetti because when you have yes. informed spaghetti, if you will, yes. um, you are, it's more likely to stick. And then, and a lot of folks say, oh, well, if it doesn't work, I'm throwing the baby out with the bathwater again. Um, you, we may, may be able to just fine-tune a current strategy that's working for you. It may just be one cog off 
for it to work. And then life doesn't ever go smoothly for anyone, but yes. it can go more smoothly. And you may actually need someone else to help for exactly the reasons that you said, is that you know we talk to ourselves and, and it's because we're thinking out loud and it looks weird and we leave things out. And, and that's a contradiction for us because we want mm-hmm. things to be all clean and uncluttered so that we can think, but we need things out so we can remember them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're walking paradoxes, all of us. And Absolutely. again, this is not all about ADHD, but it is, it is important for ADHD. And I'm so glad that you brought this up. So uh, to bring this all together and kind of bring this to a close is, is, is uh, to, to try to describe it. Sometimes you have to get away of how you want it to be or how you think it should be and own how it actually is. That's kind of that paradox part. Let's go of what you think you're supposed to do, accept who you actually are, and then kind of go from there. In order to do that, you need to participate. A lot of times people are expecting other people to walk in and do that. You've got to do, to, to give and go. I know, you know, Linda, we're trained life coaches. We specialize in ADHD and the, 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 the issue with life coaching is everybody's created naturally resourceful and whole. In other words, you've got all the answers. Our job is actually just to help bring it out. Mm-hmm. And so, so much of that. And the other piece of it is, 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 is one of the other parts that I've seen. And Linda, I do this as a, as a exercise with people sometimes and they'll come to me about coaching. I'll ask them, I'll say, can you calculate three to the power of five? And I'll get, oh, my God, I don't like – I'm not any good at math. And, and I say, well, go through the exercise. And if you do that exercise, most people struggle with it because you're having to multiply three times the number, calculate it, and keep track of the number of fives. And when they get done, I said, do you see that thinking's hard? I said, yeah, well, did you notice the emotional reaction that you had before you attempted it? That emotional reaction is because it's, thinking is difficult. And I'm saying this because a lot of times you'll read all the books about what's going to do, but the actual implementation requires you to think about it. I've tried to illustrate thinking is difficult, so you're not doing it from an escape. And often you need other people to help you think through it and participate, and too often you're trying to do it on your own. In other words, you're trying to use your working memory that's impaired to to do this. In other words, you're using your weakness to overcome your weakness, and a lot of times you need to own that and get somebody to kind of help you. So it's, it's, it's I, I'm talking around this thing, but this difference between knowing something about it and owning it is a, is a really big deal. And the people that make that shift, it's transformational. Most of the people that I know that are successful have made that one way or another. Absolutely. And, and Any to last things full, yeah, Well, yeah, yeah to pull this full circle, um, researching on the Internet is not going to get you there. More and more and more information is all that intellectual ears up stuff, yep. and you can you can cram your brain with more and more and more knowledge. But until you experience it, until you implement it, until you perhaps work with someone else to help you implement it, it simply isn't. You're, you're going to be in that same hamster wheel of trying, 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 trying. And I thought it was going to work, and it didn't work. And why isn't it working? Get yep. off the hamster wheel and go see a coach. <laughs> Absolutely, and and again. You know, Linda, I, not to do much of a commercial, but I'm going to give a commercial. Is You and I were way back when we met, like 20, 2008, I think. And at that time, coaching was a very young intervention. Now we're getting acknowledged by the mental health professionals about what we're doing. And even um, we're actually being written up in journals and research is done on that because they're finding that, that, that paradigm of particularly with ADHD is you know a lot about it, but sometimes you need that third party to kind of help you kind of get through it. And I know – 
I, I love my, my job. I'm very rewarded by helping people actually learn how to take that stuff and make it their own. And you have people that are doing like, and everybody, Linda's an expert, which is why you got to go check out our website, um, that there's resources that are there now that weren't there many years ago. Like I know back when I was struggling in high school and college, there was nothing at that point in time other than just try harder. But there's a lot of other resources. So any last nuggets before we close it out? Amen. No, I already gave my list nuggets. Thank you for that little plug for coaching. Um, but I just, I do want to say one thing about the about the research. Long ago, there was some research about coaches, and some coaches coaches did it, but it was all about the, the specific strategies. And I yep. and I and it proved that coaching actually worked because it helped you implement. But it was very rigid, and I'm so glad that now the research is showing kind of like that mirror that I was talking about holding up is that we oh. just need a little help. Yeah. So, I, I'm, I, I'm, forgive me, this is all about me right now, but uh, John Rady, Dr. John Rady and Dr. Ned Howell wrote the book uh, Driven to Distraction in 1994. And in that book, the first reference in print was of ADHD. That's where it all kind of originated. Fast forward, they, they released a new book, a revision of ADHD 2.0. And I was ecstatic because Dr. Hollowell had me on this podcast talking about coaching. And in that call, I, he was talking about interventions and stuff. And when you're a coach, you really have to have an open mind and you've got to, like, listen to the client. And I, I, this was so much fun for me because we're sitting there and I'm describing to him a client that came to me that had an incredible, like, sense of smell. And I was listening to her and I started, we started experimenting around with it. And it's, it's, it's a long story for you to tell you the journey, but we ended up with a smell-based to-do list. And I'm telling wow. Dr. Hallowell this on his podcast, and he's, like, no, he's, he's awkward. You can tell in his voice, like, what do I do? With, like, like, this is the, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> this person had an incredible sense to smell. And, and by the way, never before and never since I've, I've, I've ever coached this. But crayons, apparently, if you get the right ones, they have odor, and they're different. And she would just draw like a crayon, and she'd smell it, and her, oh, my God, it would linger in her mind. And it, it, it was transformational for her. And I'm saying this because – so the coaching paradigm is such not – you don't just do it one way. We're looking for how that individual does it. And it was fun for me because I'm dealing there with Dr. Hollowell. Explain this on his podcast. He's like, what? That works? And I'm like, yeah, that is what coaching is. So anyway, I, forgive me. I just had to tell the story. So it was a fun well, I'm moment glad you that did. I had. In my I'm mind. glad you did. People, people ask me, people ask me, well, um, what is your coaching paradigm? And I'm like, it's whatever my client needs. Yep. Which is why our job is so fun. It's so creative. Like, yeah. You, you, I learned so much from. In fact, if you have to go to my YouTube channel, there might be 400 videos out there. Probably 275 or 280. I they were. I'm a minimal. Call. Wait a second. That's an idea for a thing. It all came from them because it's cool. So anyway, <laughs> with that being said, Linda, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for being here. Everybody, it's addiva.net. Go check it out right now. Uh, we appreciate you coming on. Hope you've enjoyed us. Catch us next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care.